Are you ready? <laughs> Welcome back, friends. Hey. Screen, please. What screen? Oh. <laughs> Our whole topic screen that we're going off of. That'd be nice. <laughs> I didn't know what this meant. They switch screens. Gotcha. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Beans Talk Podcast, where we talk about everything travel. Sharing first-hand travel advice and getting to the bottom of real-life experiences in the hopes to inspire you to get out there yourself. So, we are in Burgos, where we left off last time. Yeah! Um, which the- is currently at uh, 287 kilometers in from the start of the Camino, or 178 miles. Yep. And we will be moving uh, 181 kilometers more to Leon, or 113 miles. Yep. Good. Good. <laughs> what? I was trying to jump in there and say something, but you were trudging on, so go on to your next All one. All right. <laughs> so this is the... This... <laughs> 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 Uh, this is going to be day 17 on the Camino, which is uh, from Burgos, and we're going to Hontanas, which is 31 and a half kilometers, or 19.6 miles. And at this point in the whole route, we are on the Meseta. So the Meseta, they say, is the part of the journey where you go inward. Your body is already accustomed you to really walking. Just implode. You You just go inward and you're like... Your body shrivels up. No, so what I mean by going inward is your body is accustomed to walking the long miles every day. And basically, rather than think about your aches and pains in your body, you're thinking about a lot of... Uh, stuff within yourself that you might need to work through. So this way um, you can get pretty deep into thought or emotions and start working through that stuff. I know I cried several days just walking because you really do start um, bringing up you know, past issues that maybe you haven't dealt with at all. It's not even like you bring it up. It's just certain things just come up. No, yeah, it just like it's, bubbles uh, up to the it's surface. It's not like you think about, oh, I need to work through this certain no. issue. It's just <laughs> certain memories and um, just hard things you've gone through in your past just come up through your mind and you just work through them. You have a lot of time to think. Yeah, because, yeah, like she said, you're really accustomed to walking every day at this point, so that's not the mental, you know, where your mind is at, Um, as well as it's, I mean, it's still pretty in a sense, but it's not as scenic as far as, you know, you're walking through beautiful forest. It's uh, very open. Huge mountains. It's, like, very open, very rural. And, yeah, it's uh, it's just, for the most part, pretty flat. So you're not thinking about huge mountains. you got to cover. It's You're just walking. Yeah. Walking and working through stuff. Yeah, for sure. So um, we were leaving Burgos, and we had said that it rained most of the time we were there. The rain was starting to let up a little bit, but it was still raining on our way out. Um, We got to a spot where it had cleared up, and 
we were going to be descending into a smaller village and right at this part it overlooked the entire valley that this village sat in and for me it was a pretty special spot and it it felt to me like it encompassed Spain. It just felt like Spain to me, very authentic. And so before I had left, and I don't think I mentioned this in the previous episodes, I uh, was seeing a shaman before we left, and she had given me several, um, actually not just several, but a dozen or more crystals. Pounds of crystals. (laughs) Pounds of crystals that I was carrying for uh, sounds very drug it does sound very well whatever pounds of crystal oh yeah no not crystal meth no um these were blessed crystals like the stones um which were each given a designated country that they were blessed for and i wanted to bury one in each country that i was going to be traveling to so basically just you know leaving uh a sacred stone in certain places. So this was the moment where I had buried that stone for Spain. And uh, it was a pretty special moment. And I really, I enjoyed that I was given this task and could do it for the people of the world, as well as the shaman who gave them to me. That was pretty cool. So, yeah, um, we basically were still heading for Hontanas and then... um before we got to this other small town of Hornios, uh, which was a very small little village. Um, it just felt like it was ancient, like the few buildings that were there had just been there for, you know, centuries, it felt like, where they were, the houses were built, were like mud-packed houses, and you could see like hay coming out of it, as well as like sticks and rocks. And they were crumbling. Very crumbly, like deteriorating, um, almost like a heavy rain could have just like, you know, deteriorate and melt away all of, you know, the whole town, it felt like. But it was really cool. Um, it also, there was not a lot of, you didn't see almost anyone, I don't know, uh, just walking no. through the town. So it felt very ghost townish at the same time. Yeah, like a ancient you know, Wild West sort of scenario, but with um, a Spanish flair to it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I liked that little town, but it was definitely a passerby. (laughs) You just walked right through it pretty quickly. It only took, I mean, you could see from one end to the other, basically. Yeah. But, Um, I think once we left that town, it started, we kind of started seeing the dark clouds roll in, and we're going, oh, shit. Yeah, they started forming (laughs) on the horizon. So this was a pretty open area. Like we said, it's pretty much rural ground all around you and, you know, basically farmland as far as the eye can see. I remember we hit a pretty big stretch of just mud and muck. And it took a long time for us to get yeah, through it. It was so slow going. I mean, just the, it was like sticky mud too, where it would just yeah. stick to the bottom of your shoes. So your shoes would weigh a ton. Yeah. And I mean, just trying to get the mud off, uh, you try to like kick it off almost. But I mean, you have to be careful too, because that can totally ruin your knees. 
And your legs. And, it's and just like legs, pulls. But. You can pull muscles. You can just really like strain different parts of your body if you're doing any sort of mm -hmm. unnecessary physical movement that can, you know, weigh on you. I mean, it was a struggle, and yeah. it went for quite a while. And, and we saw others struggling, too, because the Camino isn't just for walkers. There's people who do it on bicycle, and yeah. <laughs> that section of it, I was like, oh, I'm so glad we're not on a bike, because we saw so many bicyclists with their bikes just tipped over and like having a really hard time in this mud it was deep it was rough and all the while in the distance the clouds are just getting darker yeah. you can start hearing thunder cracking and yeah. um, it's starting to like drizzle a little bit yeah and we're just trying our best to get to the end before this turns you know from bad to worse we knew we had a certain amount of kilometers to do before we got to the next town where we would would be able to find somewhere to stay but we didn't know if we were just gonna get hit by this crazy storm that was starting to come it was just and, getting darker and closer yeah it was ominous but we we finally um we start seeing you know Lashley, we didn't even see the town it no, was because it's kind of dipped down. it was almost like the town dipped down over this ridge so really you're walking this and going when is it gonna end and i can't even see the next village and and it's you just can't move quick because yeah. of the mud and, and the whole time it was really crazy how it happened but we almost stayed in the eye of the storm it felt like the entire time because there were dark clouds all around us and the wind would pick up but it didn't start like fully storming at this point no i mean it was drizzly but it wasn't like raining no but it was you could tell it was just about to start at any moment yeah and then right as we see the little dip into we this town over, we hear this huge uh crack, crack of lightning yeah crack of lightning or thunder and it was like oh my god we just barely made it into this town just in time before it got crazy so that was we were pretty grateful that we didn't have to put up with too much more of that storm. And I'm I'm pretty uh, scared of lightning. I had an experience when I was younger. Living in Colorado, we would get hit with electrical storms all the time. And so there was a guy that I had seen, and he was walking out in a field. And I said, well, that guy's not too smart to be walking out in a field during an electrical storm. And later, come to find out, he got hit by lightning and died. <laughs> so I take that with me when I'm around lightning and it freaked me out. What? So yeah, we made it to the <laughs> Albergue, and, um, which was a really cool one too. Uh, you basically walked into like a restaurant, sort of cafe bar, and then uh, the sleeping quarters were you know upstairs and down the hall. Um, it's almost like they had a separate sleeping quarters that were on the roof, which was huge. So, it was, yeah, it was, it was like a small house on a house. Yeah, we checked in and got set up and did the usual of, you know, washing our clothes with um, all the while, uh, you know, the storm had hit at that point. It was raining and coming down pretty hard. Uh, so, the next day, we headed to uh, Boadilla, which from the town that we slept in, it was 28.7 kilometers or 17.8 miles. And it would have been the 18th day 
that we were on the Camino. So today, a lot of uh, what I was dealing with during the walk was a lot of reflecting. Um, I thought a lot about uh, my grandparents' property in uh, basically the forest of Oregon, how much I liked it there, and as well as the property that we had and I grew up in in Northern California, times with family and with my friends, and a lot of uh, just my youth and um, kind of just was a validating thought of why I am the way I am. So just a lot of like self-reflecting and almost like putting all the pieces together of my life is what it felt like. From this walk, I remember it, I just was really into the scenery. I remember walking past a pretty, uh, I guess I could call him like a weathered pilgrim, but he looks like he's been walking this his whole life and just skin like a, a leather catcher's mitt and long beard and hair. And you just really wonder, you know, what his story is, how long he's been walking it, where he's been, where he's going, what, you know, just I wish I had the gift of like knowing somebody's story. So there's a long stretch along the road where just to the left hand side, there these big old trees and it almost had like a Tuscan style feel to it. And then along the right hand side of the road, there's just fields upon fields of wildflowers. And in the distance, the city that you're walking, or not city, but the village that you're walking into, there's a big uh, old castle up on the hill and so this town is called Castro Jerez, and um, just after it, there is a really big incline that you can see from miles away, and you're just going, oh my god, that is pretty steep. That's going to be quite the the work to get up that hill. And you know you're going straight for it, because you can see the trail <laughs> just leading right to it. Yeah, and yeah, there's no avoiding that sucker, so... I think that we had, uh, our bodies were pretty accustomed to walking at this point and we felt pretty fit. So I think the two of us decided before we hit that hill that we were going to try to go up it without any breaks. So Yeah, we had kind of pumped ourselves up yeah. before getting to it saying, all right, we're going to try to do this without stopping all in one go. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you ready? You know, and then we kept getting closer and it kept getting bigger, but we're like, we're still going to do it, right? <laughs> we're going to keep doing it. Okay. Nonstop. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. It was quite the accomplishment to get to the top of that big hill without huffing and puffing. So. Yeah, it felt good. Yeah, yeah, totally did. And there was a really great uh, view of the city behind you after you got up there. Yeah, so then we made it to, uh, eventually made it to Boadilla, which is where we had stopped for the day, um, which was a really nice albergue. It had like a big courtyard area with just like this green grass lawn. Um, There's a big washing station. There were just seats kind of strewn about everywhere. There was a pool. Uh, yeah, there was a pool. Um, just really welcoming and relaxing. Um, and it was all kind of, uh, gate, I don't want to say gated, but uh, like bordered with uh, like a Spanish style wall almost like a small fort yeah uh yeah it just felt really enclosed and cozy. it doesn't yeah more cozy not enclosed but yeah it just it was just cozy and comfortable and yeah 
very warm. So, um, and then we had the, the big dinner where it was a communal. So everyone came into one room and it was just, you know, the set meal and everyone's just kind of talking about their day and sharing stories and meeting new people, meeting new people. Yeah. There were lots of pilgrims in there and there was just bottomless wine too. And so a few people were getting a bit loud and drunk. Because I think they have these, they're either carafes or just bottles that they refill. They're like clay and they just, jugs, I think. Oh, yeah, they did have clay they're jugs. They're like uh, clay, yeah, but yeah, clay jugs. And yeah, they they're just, just like, here they you just go. Oh, you're done. All right, let's fill up another clay pot and put it right in front of you. Even when I feel like everyone was done eating, they were still bringing them out if they were empty. So Yeah, totally. Uh, I was kind of taking advantage, I guess. And I even filled my water bottle <laughs> with wine, too, to take back to the room. And uh, Carl's getting drunk. I was in the mood. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I took it back to the room we were in. And uh, there was a window there, which was, this was on the second floor, that overlooked this whole courtyard area. And uh, there wasn't a screen or anything on the window. It was just, you know, open window. And the sun was setting in the distance, and I was just drinking this wine and writing in my journal, and it was uh, quite quite a moment. Sounds like a moment. Yeah. And then uh, from there, the next day, so this would be day 19, uh, which was from there, Boadilla, where we were going to carry on De Los Condes, which was a 25.1 kilometer or 15.6 mile stage. Yeah, and uh, it was a pretty cool walk outside of this town. Um, it was all along this canal, and I do recall that there were fishermen all along this waterway, and they had lines in, and we were wondering, you know, what the hell are they fishing for in a canal? And I think we had seen them start pulling out crayfish, so these little, um, I don't know what they call them there, but little like crawdads or crayfish or, you know, these little crustaceans. And um, there was also a very out-of-the-ordinary sound, one that I had never heard of, of a creature or critter or whatever the fuck it was. I have no idea. But it sounded like a bird mixed with a frog. Yeah, it was super weird. <laughs> So I never caught a glimpse of it because it was in the water. So I'm assuming it was a frog, but its call or whatever noise it made sounded like a cross between a bird and a frog. It's almost like one was trying to learn the other's call to like <laughs> feed on it or something, you something. know, like. But it always it. happened right at the same time. So you're like, well, it's the same thing, but is it a bird? Yeah. Or is it a frog? I have no we idea. Couldn't find what was making the noise, we but it no was no idea. So it was the only weird. place we'd heard it too. Yeah. And uh, I think even at the end of the day, people were like, "Did you hear that back then?" And we were like, "Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, what totally was heard that? the frog bird, and yeah. we didn't know if we were just crazy or yeah, totally weird." Yeah. Once we did get to the end of the stage, uh, which I was pretty glad to, because I was a bit hungover, uh, we did run into Gemma, and uh, she had been going with her friends that uh, were meeting her back in Burgos, uh, who were some friends from, they were from England, uh, but it was a couple, David and Amber, 
And uh, we just randomly stumbled across them as we popped into a restaurant. They were already at a table. I think they just finished their meal. It was a bit awkward at first because uh, I guess there was some sort of past history relationship sort of thing with Gemma and the guy David, who was now there with his current girlfriend, Amber. And yeah, we just felt right out the right off the bat that Gemma felt different. Well, of course, you're going to feel slightly awkward if you're hanging out with your ex-boyfriend and his new girlfriend. So yeah. it's no, there's no judgment or anything. But, yeah, it did. the energy was definitely different from Gemma. And we were like, okay, well, I think we'll go. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was just awkward at first. But, yeah. um, but later, you know, it wasn't so. Yeah. It was just at that moment. I think, too, that we just kind of, like, walked in and saw them. We're like, hey. And it was, <laughs> you know, we hadn't planned on meeting. Um, I think they were still getting accustomed to a lot of things. So yeah. It was just kind of, like, bad timing. and Yeah. But we had uh, we had heard of a albergue. Albergues are pilgrim hostels, and I don't think we've mentioned that before. We just like, yeah, oh, albergues, yeah. And yeah, people are probably like, what the fuck is that? Hostels specifically for <laughs> pilgrims. Yeah, so they're a lot cheaper, and they're you know more simplistic and just designed for pilgrims. But um, this, and I'm gonna just say it. I don't care if it's a word for a whorehouse because it just sounds like the word that it should be. But even it's, though that's not where we <laughs> even, were, even though we weren't at a brothel, uh, it's nunnery. So um, it was another nunnery. And I believe it's, uh, they're a little bit cheaper, the ones that you stay at that are either run by monks or nuns or, I don't know how many were run by monks, probably not many. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I think mostly the nuns. Yeah. As far as the ones we stayed at anyway. Yeah. So we were walking around trying to find this albergue and we finally found it and it was getting pretty hot and we were getting really tired and My so feet were killing me yeah and we get into this albergue and there were these two little nuns that opened the door and they welcomed us right in and uh were super friendly to us but also uh i know that they kept pointing out carl's tattoos and like oh you know i don't know they were kind of intrigued by them um, but they showed us to our room, and they just felt very warm and welcoming, and uh, they had a very motherly vibe going. Yeah, them, I was a bit so. nervous at first because of Me the too. pointing out the tattoos, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, are they just going to, like, judge the shit out of me? Or yeah, just, like, and we're not. Me? But then they just, it subsided quickly with yeah, just their sure. warm, no. yeah, feeling. It didn't, it did not feel at all judgmental or anything. No. They were just very loving and very yeah. open and... Um, but we did run into Yakobi there, and um, we had sat and chatted with her for just a second, I think. But um, it was more of just like, a, oh, hey, you're, you're here. But when we got into our rooms, I remember the beds were really squeaky, and I was like... But they weren't bunk beds, which no. was nice. They were all single yeah. beds, because... That's true. Bunk beds suck, because if someone up top or below you, wherever you end up getting, yeah. is moving around a lot, it just shakes the whole bed. So at yeah. least you had your own bed. That's true, and especially if they're squeaky. <laughs> yeah. It sucks getting up to the top, and you're like... Creak, 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 and, like, trying to not 
make a Disturbed whole lot of sound. Disturb the other, you know, your bunkmate. Yeah. But uh, I remember vividly, right in front of my bed was a... Hanged painting. Yeah. A hanging portrait of Jesus. <laughs> um, he was... He had long, flowy, blondish brown hair, like super dark, eye, long eyelashes. And it was in front of this beach scape with like a, an abandoned boat. And the lighting was just right. It was like this total dreamy Jesus <laughs> above my bed. It's like an 80s glamour photo. Yes! Where it had like this glowy... <laughs> You know, it was awesome. I was like, "What is this? These nuns are, you know, they're like, oh yes, <laughs> my dreamy Jesus on the wall." <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, I think I even snapped a photo of it. Yeah, it had to be captured. It was so. <laughs> I, I want to say ridiculous. I don't know, but no, was, but it, it was, was just, just funny, hilarious. It was a great thing to wake up to and go to bed to. <laughs> Yeah, we stayed safe from the caring watch of Dreamy Jesus. Yes. But yeah, at this point, um, because I think it was the last couple days that, like, my feet were just killing me at the end of every day. And I noticed that the insoles of my shoes had worn down, especially where the pads of my feet were, to where it had gone all the way through the insoles. And my insoles were just deteriorating. And... I needed extra padding because the lack of the padding was just, it was killing my feet. Yeah, it was getting pretty bad. I remember just the end of the day, the last like 2K would always be such a struggle. Feet were just pounding. So we were wanting to look for a store where they sold insoles for your shoes just to get a teeny bit of extra cushion. Mm -hmm. And so we had found this one and luckily they had, you know, some pretty decent insoles. Yeah. Probably due to the fact that a lot of people were wanting that at this point too. Yeah. It was at the stage where it's just, you know, almost three weeks in a lot of people's stuff are starting to, you know, need to get replaced or need assistance with certain things. Yeah. And so I remember, um, so my feet are pretty small. In the U.S., I wear a size six and a half. I did get a little bit larger of a boot just to accommodate the swelling of your feet. But I uh, knew that the insoles were going to be too big, and I didn't currently have scissors. So so the woman at the store was like, oh, I can cut them for you. And I was like, oh, thanks. But the shape of my shoes are different than your average shoe shape. So she just cut along the line, and it needed to come to a point where my big toe was. Um, She didn't do that. So it left a pretty significant gap at the heel of my shoe, which later... And at the toe, right? uh, No. Well, yeah, and at the toe, actually. Yeah, that's true. I remember you complaining about how you could feel that every step. Yeah, and so the back of that gap that it left just kept beating against my heel, and later on it created like a tri-blister. It was pretty brutal, and that was probably one of the... I guess that was pretty much the only blister that I got. Mm -hmm. I had like two other minuscule little 
uh, baby toe blisters that went away in just a couple days, but the one on my heel stayed for at least a few days. Yeah. Had to be treated and lanced and all that stuff. So, but I yeah. I cut my own. I didn't feel comfortable because I don't know. Every shoe's different, and I just used my old shredded insoles as a pattern and wrote, you know, marked it with a pen and then cut it out. And mine fit perfect. And yeah. uh, lucky you. <laughs> I was very grateful to have some new insoles that no, they helped were, out huge. They were super nice. Um, just wish mine would have worked. I ended up leaving them on the trail, and hopefully someone else could have gotten use out of them. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, day 20, we were walking from Carrion, that last town, to Templarios. And that would have been 26.8K, or 16.7 miles on this stretch. Yeah, which was, uh, for the most part, it was just a long straight shot uh there wasn't a whole lot of scenery so it was uh just kind of a gravelly road and you just kind of stayed straight and true and just kept walking down this road and uh we ended up kind of syncing up with uh our pace with these younger group of kids what was it like four of them or something i don't know who you're talking about the, the there were these younger guys from New York that were traveling oh, as a group. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Sometimes you sync up pace with certain individuals, and for me, these <laughs> after having our pace sync up with them, I was like, why can't I be walking faster or slower? <laughs> I didn't really enjoy the. They were just kind of young, and yeah, I don't know a lot of their. We, we weren't, I mean, they weren't like bad people or anything. No, it's just not that, at all. Just the outlook, you know, you could definitely feel the age difference because what they were talking about, I was like, I don't want to talk about this right now. It seems insignificant. And especially when you're going inward and having these deep, reflective walks, I'm like, no, no, I don't, don't want to talk about this. Yeah, so, yeah, I think they ended up stopping at one place to go to the bathroom and uh, we just wanted to keep going, honestly, yeah. to yeah, no, no, just have it have them not included. Not that we disliked them. It just wasn't. We weren't meshing up. So, yeah. So, yeah, we continued on. And um, we ended up getting to our alberga then in Templarios and checked in. And this was where we really connected with Jacoby as uh as she was also at the same place, and she had a friend from somewhere in Europe. Um, I want to say a Scandinavian country, but some guy named Adrian. And then we had met uh, a middle-aged couple from Denmark who were super nice, uh, Marianne and Pear. Yeah, John from Adelaide was there, and so was our uh, cheese lady. Have we described that yet? Um, well. Or was she dubbed that yet? Or was this like... I'm not too sure. I feel like that was later on. I had her written down as the cheese lady, but I think the story. I don't even know her name. I don't, <laughs> I don't either, but we. She's just a cheese lady. We walked lady, with man. her a lot, uh, or kept crossing paths with her a lot. She was Dutch, right? Yeah, I believe so. And um, so the reason that she was de- deemed the cheese lady was that Monica had an experience with her where she had offered her. A little bit of her cheese, and she ended up <laughs> eating almost like all of Monica's cheese. So. Yeah, she 
said, oh, well, can I have another piece? And can I have another, well, can I just have the rest? And she was like, okay. <laughs> so she just basically just took her whole thing of cheese. and Yeah. Yeah, but, so. She, I mean, she was really nice. Maybe crossed those kind of bound, duck, kind of. boundaries of social norms. But, yeah, so it was really nice meeting Marianne and Pear, and they were super friendly people. And I just remember Marianne, she had a smile that was absolutely contagious and it was just she smiled with her whole face her entire face was her smile her yeah. eyes especially were uh yeah she was just a One very sweetest lady very personal person and she yeah was just a sweetheart and her husband pair was super friendly a little bit more reserved but um they were two really really nice people and they had walked previously, but I think they had broken up their previous journeys to the Camino um, where they had done sections of it. So they would do certain stretches from A to B, and this was basically their return to the Camino to fill the gaps that they hadn't walked before. They weren't able to take off enough time to complete the entire thing from start to finish. Um, but yeah, we just so happened to meet them on this journey. Uh, that night after dinner, we had got... A bottle of wine and went out to the patio and we were hanging out with Jacoby a bit more and getting to know her a bit and uh, we had wine and cigarettes and I think this probably is slightly maybe the moment where we were dipping back into smoking again we what I'm just being honest no, no, but we were smoking since, like, the first night. <laughs> but it wasn't as consistent. Oh, okay. We were, like, we were actually buying cigarettes. We were actually like buying packs of cigarettes. Yeah, something. exactly. So uh, both Carl and I had smoked when we were younger, and we had quit for, I know that I was seven going. years. I was going on eight years um, cigarette-free. And then the first night in Paris, we're like, yeah. Yeah, we'll have a cigarette. It's Paris. We're on vacation. Well, then it was just like there's people out and they're smoking, and it's just a really socially inviting. It is very much so. Thing and and a lot of Europe and the rest of the world, for that matter, smoke. Yeah. So um, it wasn't. You know, I didn't see it as being a horrible thing to enjoy a cigarette while drinking a glass of wine after a long day's hike. And that was kind of like us bonding with Yakobi. And then, yeah, so we felt a real connection with her and kind of bonded over wine and cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, it was a good yeah, night. It was a really good night. Once it came time for bed and we were all in, we heard some guys coming in, you know, while we were already in bed, but they were coming in and they were just drunk and loud. I mean, there was no volume control at all as they were walking down the hall to their room. And then as they got in their room, they were just continually borderline yelling, just being drunk and having a great time too, but being freaking loud Yeah. where it was hard to go to sleep. And uh, they were just partying in their room and having a good old time, but there was not a lot of uh, respect for who was trying to get sleep. Yeah, I know the next morning was an instant where I'm I like, sorry, I'm trying to like <laughs> remember. really search my brain for this moment of these guys know, being loud. I you might have like had your earbuds in and were asleep. I was thinking I was either sound asleep or I had had too much wine out on the patio and like just totally conked out because I am searching 
in my brain for this. And I have a pretty good memory, but I cannot I how you remember were. this. It was so loud. Because I mean, we were on the bunk beds that were pretty high, and yeah. I felt like I was going to fall off because yeah. there was no railing on the side. So maybe I was, like, petrified of that, and I just, like, zoned out and just fell asleep or something. Could be, but I do I, not remember it. I was definitely awake. And <laughs> That's funny. Could not avoid that. Yeah. But, yeah, when we woke up, uh, it was one of the mornings where – you kind of roll over and you're like, oh, look at that. It's a little, uh, a little red bed bug. And you're yeah. like, son of a bitch. Yeah. And you just like squish it and it just explodes with blood. Oh. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. And then you'd search your body for where it suckled on you throughout the night. Ew, suckled. <laughs> That's a gross word. That's how it felt. It felt gross. Well, yeah, that is pretty gross. Um, but yeah, one of the many uh, glamorous... Yeah. Events of the Camino is there that you, bed bugs. You gotta deal with bed bugs. Not right. it's not frequent, but it does happen. No. But anyway, so this would have been day twenty one. Uh so from Templarios and we were heading to Casadilla de los Hermanillos, which was a twenty six point seven kilometer stage or uh sixteen point six miles. And pretty much from the start we went and walked by this huge mound almost a hill sort of thing it looked like from from the you know but back of it i think it looked like a big hill yeah like a big mound but like man-made but huge you know yeah and uh on the other side as we rounded it uh you saw these little doors and windows windows <laughs> and stuff and it's just you're like these are little hobbit homes yeah, they were awesome. Cool. yeah they're all really small too so it was like felt like a little kid's playground or something but it looked like where people lived in at some point. Yeah. And uh, we had run into Jacoby with uh, her friend Adrian. Yeah, we just continued on. and We were talking with Jacoby, and she was telling us that there is this uh, green section. Our, our guidebook was pretty crummy. At this, we had given up our guidebook a it while was so ago shitty. because the distances weren't the right. The distances were off. The towns weren't right. Yeah. The information just wasn't They there. didn't have alternate routes on there, which there were alternate routes that maybe we would want to take. And so Jacoby had basically this guidebook that we've come to know as like the Camino Bible. Um, people call it the Book of John. Uh, we call it JB's. It's John Brearley's Camino guidebook. And yeah. he's got several of them. One of the French way, one of the Portuguese route, um, a few just like maps and routes. And so, yeah. And he updates them every year. They're great. To go along with, yeah. you know, current albergues or different routes that have been started. Or, yeah. So they're pretty, they're very helpful. They're in many languages. And accurate too. Yeah. So basically many people have these in hand yeah. and she happened to have one. So she was telling us about this Roman route, which was one of the green routes in the book um, or an alternate route that you can take that gets you off what was supposed to be the walk that day just basically on the road. And if you've walked long distances, you know that walking just on the road and pavement kill your feet. Yeah. And so we wanted, oh, yeah, sure, we'll take a green route. We'll do anything to get off the road. Um, later we find out that this Roman road was big 
unavoidable stones. It's almost like river rocks, but they're large and there's no way to walk this road without just looking at your feet and where you step the entire time. It was almost like you couldn't even... It was hard to take in the surroundings because you were literally watching where you were stepping every step. Yeah, you couldn't look at anything else. Yeah, and I remember after like hours of this, it was like, I feel like I haven't even looked up. I've just been looking at my feet, making sure I'm not going to break my ankle. Yeah, basically. And so it was a 17-kilometer stretch or 10 and a half miles of this Roman road. And there wasn't much shade. There weren't any towns. Um, yeah, and it was just pretty brutal. And I personally have uh, kind of weak, weak ankles. And so this wasn't good on my ankles at all. But uh, so this day in particular, I was going through a lot of inward uh, reflecting of my family. I think the one of the main things that I was kind of working out was the fact that my parents are getting older, but not like old enough to start thinking about them passing on. But for me, this day was kind of like a reflection on that that is going to happen someday, and I'm just going to have to deal with it. And so it was a really like big process of kind of letting go of my parents. And so I cried a lot that day, (laughs) but it was good. Uh, During the day, we had gotten through uh, where a lot of people were staying or calling it a day, which was a a town or a city called Sahagun. And you kind of felt like you came in through the backside of it or something because it was very industrial, very factory-like. Yeah, it was um, not scenic at all. No. And then through the town, uh, because it's one of the towns that still does the running of the bulls, but it's like they have these permanent fences or gates. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know if they're permanent because they weren't there the last time I went. But they were there at the moment because I think they had just done the running of the bulls like the day before. But as we're getting into this town, it starts like the path. We're following the arrows and we start getting almost corralled into these gates and... Where the bulls were running, yeah. just to, so they would, you know, go in the right direction. Yeah, so you almost felt like, you know, you were cattle. You were cattle, and I, we kind of like made jokes about it as we were walking. But even like a couple pilgrims tried to get through these gates <laughs> with their big packs; they couldn't get out. So yes. it was kind of funny. So we basically uh, we didn't want to stay there. It's just kind of a didn't have the right feel of where we wanted to call it, no. and so we just stopped and had a bite to eat with Jacoby in this little cafe. Yeah. Um, and then she ended up. I think she was looking for a store or something, and I think I tried finding an ATM because I was out of cash or something like that. So we ended up getting separated from her. Mm-hmm. Which later, you know, we find out that she thought that we wanted to ditch her. And we're like, no, we didn't. We just, we, just lost you. Yeah, we just so we lost just decided you. to keep going. We weren't yeah. sure where she was. You know, we don't have phones, so. No. Um, we just kept going. Yeah, so we just started walking on. And so we got to the end at uh, Casadilla and uh, found this municipal albergue, which was 
a donativo or donation where we had this unique hospitalero that had walked the Camino a number of times. I don't even know where he was originally from. I want to say New York or the East Coast somewhere, but he'd been away and just traveling and volunteering all over the world for the past, like, two decades. He was a super interesting guy. Yeah. Um, Or he would go to, like, Costa Rica and volunteer at, like, a bird sanctuary or something for... He was just all over the place. Yeah. So he was... He had a lot of great stories and uh, tips and info and... Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up uh, sitting down to dinner, you know, just at their little main table there. It wasn't a big albergue, uh, maybe only a dozen beds or so. And so we ended up eating dinner with John and the cheese lady. And then we met a gal from Germany. She was younger, maybe, you know in her late teens or early 20s. Her name was Christy, and she was from Germany. And then also another younger gal from Hong Kong. Her name was Connie. And uh, she had a pretty interesting story of why she was walking. Yeah, that's one that sticks with me, too, uh, because you meet people that walk for all different reasons. But basically, her reason for walking was that she had an apartment with, uh, like, five or six cats or something. Mm -hmm. And her apartment burned down as well as... uh, you know, burned up all of her pets. Yeah, she lost all her So she animals. lost all her cats that got burned up with the apartment. And it was basically, she was walking to grieve or to, yeah, you know, let go work through it. Yeah, for sure. It was a pretty sad story and you felt for her. But, you know, you're pretty glad that she was doing this for herself. Oh, I guess since we got separated from Yacobi... Uh, We didn't really know where she was at along the trail. We knew she was walking the same route that we were, but... uh, She didn't end up staying at the albergue we were at. No, so she was in the same town, but staying at a different albergue. Which we found out, I think, the following day, but we didn't know at this point. No, but apparently she had met this guy named Bill, and he, she said, was just quite the The character character. and kind of a know-it-all and slightly chauvinistic and like just very oh no yeah i i know totally what you're talking about i i know more than you or just kind of like a one upper and she's just like okay dude just knowing you kobe <laughs> she has no tolerance or no. patience for any of that nope so. not at all so uh, it was funny hearing about that It was pretty funny. Um, Yeah, so that night, it just started pouring rain, and we didn't have any food, and they didn't offer any food at this small albergue. It was pretty, you know, just simple, and you could go out to the local shop and buy something and then bring it back and cook it if you'd want. Um, So we asked uh, Gelato where the store was, and he kind of told us, and I think we ended up getting lost in this little town and not finding it easily. The wind was raining, so we were kind of getting soaked as we were trying to find it. As well as it's not your typical store. I mean, there was no sign for it even. No, it was basically a door. It was basically trying to give directions to this one door that looked like someone's house, but you walked in and it was this little shop Yeah, with this one little guy behind the counter that was basically selling, you know, a few supplies. Yeah, I but think we did find it. Yeah, we just came out with some food and made our dinner back at the host or albergue. And then, uh, so the next day, this would have been day twenty-two. Uh, we went from Casadilla to uh, Mazia de los Mulas, 
and that would have been 24.4 kilometers or 15.2 miles, so a little bit shorter of a day. Um, we ran into Yakobi at lunch, and I remember I had this super delicious tortilla, which is basically a Spanish-style omelet, and it had tuna in it, and, like fresh tomatoes on top, and yeah, I just remember that was super delicious. And uh, we had made plans to meet her in the next town because we let her know that we didn't want to ditch her and we yeah. liked her company and we wanted to keep walking with her. Because it's funny because we kind of felt the same thing from earlier on that we felt like she didn't like us at, at some oh, point. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's and so it was kind mm -hmm. of a mutual well, <laughs> misunderstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Once we were there at the end, we met uh, Monica. So we had heard a lot about this person named Monica. And we had met her very briefly once, several stages back. Back um, in Belorado. Yeah, we didn't know that this was the Monica that we kept hearing about mm -hmm. because Yakobi was telling us about her, John was telling us about her, and the, just how awesome she was. And we were like, oh, we want to meet this gal. And then uh, finally we get to this albergue, and it's the one that uh, – Yacobi booked a night at, mm -hmm. and Monica was there. So we finally got to meet Monica, which was cool. Yeah, but, but the layout of the place was really nice as well. Again, it was one of those where it had a, a big grassy area with like a fountain, mm -hmm. um, a lot of chairs and tables with umbrellas. So just sitting outside and uh, it was just enjoyable. Uh, they had like a bar, cafe sort of area. And then the sleeping area was up these stairs from the bar Whereas basically for pilgrims only in um, just a big room. It was a big open like loft type yeah. area. And there was a little wall that divided the loft in half into two sections. And there were bunks all along um, any wall that they could, you know, fit <laughs> a bunk bed on. But we got in, I think, one of the last two people. So yeah. we ended up having just two pads on the floor that they had left over that we could sleep on, which I prefer. Man. I preferred it anyway, I too. slept great on that pad on the floor. I'm glad I wasn't on a bunk. There was so. no shaky bunk mate. There was no, no squeaking. No. Yeah. Yeah, it was comfy. It was pretty nice. Uh, so, we yeah, we checked in, and uh, we basically got, like, a beer, and we're just hanging out outside, uh, you know, after washing our clothes for the day, packs off, our shoes off, it was a nice sunny day, journaling, yeah, there was yeah. feet in the grass, just really pleasant, just hanging out, and um, we had met a uh, father and son who were from the States as well, Spencer and Steve, who we clicked with right away. Yeah. Uh, really nice guys, super nice guys. Super friendly, and just walking the Camino together, which they just kind of wanted to uh, grow their relationship with one another. Yeah, um, I wanted like a bonding experience. Yeah, a cool bonding experience, which I totally respect. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we had also met another guy named uh, Santiago, who was uh, from Spain. <laughs> he just was this a little character. speed walker. And he was guy. awesome. He was, yeah, he was quite the character. But. He talked very fast and precise. Yeah. And he kept saying that it was his way. <laughs> yeah. This is my way. Because his name was Santiago. <laughs> Which is pretty This awesome. is my way. He said that he had never walked it before, but he lived in the area and would drive it frequently. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, so we all went out to dinner with one another, got to know each other a little bit better, and just had a good old time. 
a good night. Okay, so, and then uh, after dinner, as we were heading back to the albergue, uh, we noticed a herd of goats. Yeah. And they were just walking down the street, but there was one goat in particular in the back that was kind of limping. He was, like, totally trugging along. And we just all looked at each other, and I think we all collectively thought the same thing, and, like, this goat must be walking the Camino, because that's how we're all walking, too. Yeah. So... Uh, we kind of dubbed it the Pilgrim Swagger, which was once you're done walking for the day and you sit down and your muscles have a chance to relax and it's almost like they, it doesn't take long. It's like 30 minutes and everything starts to stiffen up. Tenses up. And you, you know, you don't notice it at first, but once you get up again is when you're like, oh my God, I'm sore and nothing wants to move and yeah. now everything hurts. And uh, so it's a bit of a rough start and you feel like the tin man that needs oil yeah, as you're totally. kind of like warming up your muscles again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's like starting an old car. I yeah. think you gave it that analogy and I was like, oh, that's perfect. It's just, you know, it takes a while and it's like, and that's how you feel is just like, oh my God, yeah, I need to warm up. I need to start moving again for my body to feel like it can function because otherwise it's just like oh my god i'm sore so you're a bit rigid and a limpy uh (laughs) limpy (laughs) i was thinking like limpy no but like (laughs) yeah just a bit rigid and stiff yeah uh, that's exactly how this goat looked and we (laughs) he was just like he's one of us Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of one of those walks back to the albergue. Yeah. We get up the uh, stairs in the albergue. That was another kind of pilgrim swagger moment. But we uh, get to the top loft area, and we get ready for bed. And so, you know, the lights go out. Most pilgrims are in, in their bunks and sound asleep and... Some are snoring, making, you know, kind of funny noises or whatever. And I remember I had woken up in the middle of the night or, yeah, I think it was like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. And this never happens to me, but I had the sudden urge to poo. I just, all of a sudden, it was like, bam, you gotta go poo. And I'm like, what? I've had it, you know, maybe I have to pee or something, but this was like, oh, nope, you're gonna poop now. And so I head head into the bathroom, and the bathrooms kind of, they were more open than normal. I think they might have had a glass door, but you could hear everything out in this very open loft. And so I get in there, and one thing that Spain does really well, and I think it's a great, you know, idea, but to conserve energy, all their bathrooms have a censored light. So if you're not in there moving, the light's just going to shut down, which is great, great way to conserve energy. Um, However, when you are going poop in the middle of the night and you get into the stall and the sensor cannot see you in the stall, the light turns out and you're like, oh, well, now I'm just pooping in darkness. Another weird thing was, is so it wasn't just creepy just being in the dark, but there was somebody, <laughs> I think there was a other pilgrim, an older man, 
that had gone to the bathroom to go pee at the same time. And then there was also another pilgrim that was snoring, but not just snoring. They sounded like a zombie. And so I hear somebody walking around to get to the other bathroom and then also this zombie sound and I'm like frantically waving my arms around to try to get this light to shine back on because I'm thoroughly creeped out at this point. I thought I was in the middle of a zombie apocalypse while pooping and I had no control. I'm just glad that there was toilet paper in the stall so that was uh that was quite the experience. Yeah, so uh, we woke up the next morning and would have, you know, shared a story of the night before. It was and, um, scary. So, yeah, we basically headed downstairs and uh, got some breakfast at the cafe there. We had a bit of a late start, which we didn't leave until after 9 o'clock. This would have been our walk into Lyon, which was the day 23 and a bit of a shorter day. It was only 18.1K or 11.2 miles. So yeah, it was a bit of a shorter walk, but we had a late start and not like time was that pressing at that point. So it was okay. Yeah. We decided to walk into Leon, even though um, Jacoby and Monica had said that they had heard that the walk into that city was along mostly roadway and can get kind of dangerous because of traffic. So they decided to skip that section, and they took a bus into town, which was fine by us, but Carl and I, being the stubborn fuckers that we are, were like, hell no, we're not taking no bus. We wanted we to walk. We hadn't taken any form of transportation Yeah, we wanted point, to walk so every step of we that Camino. about to stop now. So we had gotten into town a little bit later, and it was along the road a lot. However, I didn't feel like it was dangerous in any way so no i don't know where that came from i think Uh, it was just people telling hey you know it's like you hear one thing and then it gets telephoned down the line and it's just this big ordeal which it's really not that bad yeah it wasn't too bad yeah um as we were coming into the town uh we decided to stop for a bite to eat at this bar called the scorpios bar and we had some of the best food or tapas and beer that we had had in a long time it was so good. It was so good. There was like the, these calamari rings. And then uh, the other thing we had were these potatoes. But it was in this like creamy kind of garlicky and spicy sauce. It was patatas bravas. Oh, my God. They were so good there, though. It's like you can get the same thing everywhere, but they're going to be a little different. Mm-hmm. But this place just. They did it right. They did it right. It was so good. As well as the beer that they poured, it was just... Oh, so crisp and It fresh. was really clean and <laughs> Super crisp. Super cold. Oh, my God. It was such a good stop. Yeah. We yeah. were we were in heaven. But, yeah, we uh, stayed at another nunnery. Um, another whorehouse. <laughs> again, not a brothel. Uh, they had a super early curfew, we remembered, and it was 9 p.m., and that's literally about the time that people start going out. Yeah, it's in still Spain. light outside. Oh yeah. And we that was just the rule though. I mean yeah. I get it, but it does kinda suck. Oh totally. If you're in a place where, you know, there's a if you want to stay out. Yeah. So we probably would have done that a bit differently. <laughs> but yeah. But the place was nice. You know, mm-hmm. again the nuns were super friendly and very welcoming and yeah, as we after we checked in and showered and you know cleaned up and everything, 
uh, we went out to the town, which, or at least to like the old quarter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The old town or whatever, which is usually like the center of town. Mm -hmm. And we had met up with uh, Gemma and then her friends, David and Amber, that had, you know, met up with her. It was less awkward this time. Yeah, so it was this nice time to, it was a lot better. I yeah, think they had kind of... They had gotten used to one another. Gotten accustomed and, to everything. Yeah, and, for sure. So it was more comfortable. And yeah. we got to know Amber and David, and they're super friendly people yeah. and just really uh, nice. And, yeah, we had some good conversations with them. We heard that Amber was having some issues with her feet. Yeah, she was and, getting a lot of blisters. Right? Yeah, pretty bad. So she ended up having to bus uh, a bit of the way, too, which was – it sucked, you know, hearing that because you don't want anybody to suffer. And she was just so sweet and – um, so yeah, it was unfortunate that she had to deal with that. Um, we also met a gal from Australia. Her name was Steph and she was from Melbourne and she was super, super nice. And also just kind of a badass. She was traveling a lot by herself. And so I think this was one of the first gals that I had met who was doing some long-term backpacking, but on her own. And so it was pretty cool to hear her just perspective about traveling solo as a woman. So that was pretty cool. Um, but then also we also then also we also met a guy named uh, Marco, and he was from Italy, and he was walking the French way of the Camino for the fourth time. Yeah. And yeah, he was saying that he is in love with this way, and he literally like doesn't see any need to walk other routes because every single time you walk this it's going to be different and he says in particular because of the people that you meet along yeah. the way like the make, it make it different yeah because the i mean the stages are going to be the same the distance never changes the scenery is the same but it's who you meet it's who you meet yeah that makes and, it unique and special yeah. in its own way yeah later we come to find that out that really that way is so special because of the connections and the friendships that you make for sure yeah yeah so we had uh, made our way towards the center of leon then and uh, had checked out the cathedral which um basically the center or old town of the area with all these narrow little winding streets um it was super quaint super cool i mean there's little shops and restaurants just everywhere and little alleyways and drawbacks and, and cute pubs and oh it's just so cool yeah. uh, just to wander around and it's easy to get lost because it's not like a 90 degree by nine, you know, grid. It's just yeah. everything kind of wandered every which way, like a ant colony or something. You run into the cathedral and it's breathtaking. And Which then pops like, out of nowhere because of the... Yeah, yeah, and then there's like a Gaudi building you pass. And yeah, it's just very, we very... We really liked it. Per, like the personality of this city we really dug. Yeah. So, so I mean, uh, we had we were all going to go leave the next morning but it was one of the few places where we wish we had an extra day to stay yeah wanted to stay out that night too but you know we had this curfew as well yeah because there was Gemma, david amber monica Jacoby, and we were all enjoying a really nice time visiting with them and just hanging enjoying out enjoying the night and we were outside of a bar yeah. just at this table and we were Sunset just getting top of having beer and wine and then all of a sudden it's like oh 
it's almost nine. We're like, fuck. <laughs> and people are so, starting to come out to yeah, go out for the night. It's starting to get lively and here. Like, well, we got to go to bed. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go to bed now. See ya. I think we even pushed the curfew a little bit. We did. We ran back to the nunnery. Yeah. It's like, well, we have to just 10 more minutes. We wanted yeah. to like milk every second we had. We really did. Yeah. We stayed out, out as late as we cool could. Town. Yeah. And Jacoby didn't even come back. She stayed in Monica's hotel. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was like, you lucky bitch. <laughs> it was great, though. But we'll be back one day. But, yeah, we definitely recommend uh, Leon. Sure. It was a really cool yeah, city. It, if, even if you don't want to walk the Camino, just go there. It's yeah. an awesome city. Yeah, I could go back just to go there. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this uh, leg of the Camino. Yeah, we made it to Leon. So um, yeah. next time we'll be going from there. And, uh, yeah, just thanks for listening. And, Coming along on this journey with us. We got a lot more stories to come, so uh, stay tuned. All right, thanks, guys. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to our podcast. If you feel inclined, leave us a comment or review. Tell someone you know who might enjoy to have a listen, and feel free to share on your choice of social media. If you want to know more about us or see any photos of our travels, you can check out our website at trailofbeans.com. We also have a Facebook page where you can follow us on our upcoming adventures and get updates along the way, which can be found by searching at symbol The Bean Trail. We'll be back next week. Same beans. Same pod. Yes.